you wanted the best, you've got the best podcast. The hottest, hottest. podcast in the world. In the world. The Chris Voss Show, the preeminent podcast with guests so smart you may experience serious brain bleed. The CEOs, authors, thought leaders, visionaries, and motivators. Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss. Hi, folks. This is Voss here from thechrisvossshow.com. Thechrisvossshow.com. Welcome to the big show. My family and friends, the entertainment scape of podcasting in the sky, the Big Ten circus of knowledge, information, and uh, just uh, being sexier because you're smarter. I don't know. I don't know how that all came together. I've been working on that uh, rambling improv for a long time, and it just finally all came into that succinctness. So there you go. All those shows you see me Muffet, I finally got it. Uh, welcome to the show, my friends and family. We have an amazing author with an amazing tale. The tale of the high seas, as it were. I think he was a pirate. I don't know. We're going to find out. But this has something to do with high seas, old ships, and uh, a life uh, on a path less traveled. And what we can learn from that, because I think we all love adventure and stories and all that good stuff. Because if you don't, why the hell are you listening to this show? I mean, that's all we have is brilliant authors, brilliant people on the show, and none of them are me, of course. That's why we have them on the show as guests. See how that works? Anyway, guys, we just launched uh, our new AI podcast. We have a lot of AI uh, automation, uh, generative AI people and authors on the show for years now. We've had them on the show. And uh, talking about AI, uh, all this stuff going on with uh, artificial intelligence, we just launched last night a new uh, silo or what we would call a... Uh, I forget what the term is for it. A new, uh, 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 starts with a V. I can't fucking work. It's Monday, people. Give me a break. Uh, anyway, we launched a new show. It's AI Podcast with Chris Voss. Uh, we've uh, ported a bunch of the shows over there. It's a new vertical. That's the word I was looking for. Um, and uh, it will be a show specifically designed to interview CEOs, thinkers of AI and artificial intelligence. So if you get a chance, go search it. You can find it at AIChrisVoss.com or uh, the AI uh, podcast with Chris Foss. You can find we've ported a bunch of the interviews we've already done over there. And uh, we'll also still be doing those AI interviews on the Chris Foss show because it's the big god beast of all of our podcast verticals uh, and all that good stuff. So check that out. Uh, he is the author of the amazing new book that has uh, just come out April 18th, 2023. All Hands on Deck. A modern day high seas adventure to the far side of the world. I think there should be like a thing there that goes, the far side of the world. I can't do that with an echo or something like that. So uh, we'll fix that and edit. No, we won't. Uh, Will Soffron is on the show with us today. And we're going to be talking to him about his amazing uh, life and adventures and a story that, man, I, you know, there's not a lot of this going around. There's not a lot of people running around ships on the high seas from, uh, you know, these old ships and stuff. We're going to find out his adventures and what he did. He is the guy who didn't follow any of the rules. Instead of attending college after high school, he became an apprentice shipwright to learn how to build and restore wooden yachts. As an apprentice, he studied the mechanics of wooden boats and naval architecture. And after completing his apprenticeship, he became a professional sailor, predominantly working on luxury wooden sailing yachts. He worked for years rising in the ranks and eventually became a licensed captain, all while tracking over 25,000 blue water miles as he sailed throughout Europe, New England, the Caribbean, 
Central America, and the California coast. He sailed some of the most famous yachts in the world and participated in the numerous world-class sailing events such as Ameris, America's Cup Jubilee, the product Classic Yacht Challenge, and the 12-meter World Championships. And if you're not jealous enough by now, by his story, we have him on the show live. Welcome to the show, Will. How are you? Hey, Chris. Thanks for having me. I'm, uh, I'm having an awesome Monday morning. And it's awesome to have you. Welcome to the show. Congratulations on the new book. Give us your .com so people can find you on the interwebs. Uh, uh, www.com. Uh, com. There you go. And welcome to the show, uh, Will. Uh, so tell us uh, a little bit about your history. Let's talk about your childhood. And, and why did you make the choice to go into this? Uh, you know, it seems kind of weird to be like, hey, wooden yachts. And like everything's made of steel and, you know, uh, aluminum nowadays and all that good stuff. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, what got you down this road. Why, why did you make the choices you made? So um, I grew up in West Hartford, Connecticut, sort of a, imagine a picturesque John Hughes movie setting scene, mm -hmm. suburbia, utopia, clubs. And um, I didn't really have a direction in high school. I didn't know what I wanted to do. College, there was a lot of looming pressure what I was going to do after. And both my parents had dropped out of college themselves and gone back later in life. And they were very supportive. They said, you know, we don't, we see that you don't know what you want to do and we don't want you to just go do that because you, you feel like you've got to. So we would go take these weekend vacations and uh, we ended up in Newport, Rhode Island and there was this new boat building school and they, they said, you know what, why don't you, um, why don't you give it a try? Why don't you pick up a trade, do it for a year. If you don't like it, we'll still help you get through college, but you know, you're going to develop this skill set that i mean has been around for thousands of years the world's always going to need carpenters so mm -hmm. did you have like a did you as a child did you have an affinity to ships i mean i think we all kind of do as young men i i, I agree with you. i mean i loved popeye as a kid and um <laughs> <laughs> um and you like spinach i love spinach <laughs> i love go. spinach my daughter doesn't get it we won't hold I, that against you but go on and uh, in high school, I um, I was making a lot of money as a barback, and a friend of mine, his sailboat got wrecked in a storm, so I bought it from him for a few oh. hundred dollars and tried to fix it up and enjoyed the process. Yeah, there's nothing like a sailboat. Um, well, there's probably something like, I mean, you've, you've, you've been on big yachts, but I, I we got a sailboat when we were young that we bought off a friend who'd sunk one, and it was so fun to sail and not hear not hearing the engine being out on the on the water at night when it's quiet and you can see the lights of the cities coming across there, there's something about it i agree it's it's um you are in control of getting yourself from a to b i mean so in so many ways today we're just the passengers other than driving your car but you get on a plane or a train and i think that's where sailing a ship like the the ship i sail in the book is so romantic for people because they are the driving force yeah and it's it's a it's, it's a work you know you got to keep that thing going you got to catch the wind at the right directions and you know move the oars and and and, and you know the boom and all, all the working parts and uh, it, it's 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 almost like an art form when it comes down to it and it's such a romantic beautiful thing until the wind dies and your engine <laughs> won't start um, but you know, sometimes good things happen at those moments. I mean, I went, uh, I was sailing up from the Caribbean and we had three days of no wind and in the middle of it, uh, whales came up to the boat 
And really? We, yeah, we just actually donned our snorkel gear, threw some lines in the water, and jumped in, and I went swimming with whales. So I'm sometimes. quitting. I'm quitting my job, and I'm going sailing, damn it. <laughs> Jeez, you're giving me a... Uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm starting to question my whole life right now. So uh, you go on this journey and uh, you, you, you get into the business. I mean, uh, do you fall in love with it immediately? Does it take a while for it to catch for you? Uh, you know what? I fell in love with it immediately. I had such a hard time in high school and I don't know, it just using my hands, learning how to, how to shape wood and bend it and, and, and make these beautiful yachts, which are really just, you know, these elegant machines to me, it was great. But while I was learning how to build boats, I'm living in Newport, Rhode Island. And I start getting invited out to race on sailboats and have fun. And it, which leads to me getting paid. And wait a minute, once I found out that I could get paid to sail on boats, that was it. I You're mean, like, I can get paid for this. Yeah. Awesome sauce. So then where does it go from there? And you tell this tale in the book, of course, I think uh, it's, yeah. it's, would you call this kind of a memoir? Oh, I definitely would call it a memoir. It's i okay. uh, I'd say it's an adventure travel memoir uh, about how and why and where it took me. Um, after I finished the, my apprenticeship, my first job was to go race over in Europe on a yacht I helped restore. So when I was 21, I was living in the French Riviera and racing sailboats and it was great, but like all good things, the job came to an end when the season came to an end, and I returned back to America without a job or a home. Mm. And uh, um, that put me in a position where I didn't really have too many choices, and I needed to uh, hop on another boat as quickly as possible. Mm. So would you call yourself a modern-day pirate? Uh, yes, I would. I would call myself a modern-day pirate for sure. There you go. So uh, how do you get into this? Uh, you know, I, I think maybe a large part of this is the story of what you do with this uh, boat. Uh, tell us about the, how you get involved with this whole big boat that you end up sailing around. So I end up back in Newport and I've got no job, no direction. And the captain of the boat I've been working on was kind enough to let me crash at his house. But I think he realized that I was going to milk that till it was dry. So, <laughs> <laughs> so he sent me down to a tall ship, which is, you know, these sort of old pirate looking kind of ships. And it was literally the antithesis of all my career ambitions, but I had no other options. So I had to do it. And uh, the ship had just been bought by 20th Century Fox. And the first mate offered me a job and said, hey, do you want to get sail to California and make a movie. Ah. And th those ships have a romanticism too. I mean, as boys, you grow up with thinking about pirates and playing pirates and, and, and stuff as a kid. I remember we, you know, we used to dress up and have like fake swords and hoy major and uh, you know, all that stuff, whatever. You know, we love pirates movie. I grew up in that golden age and, and maybe you did of, you know, pirates of the Caribbean at Disney um, you could ride the big ship at Disney. And so for me growing up in California, that was a real big fantasy. Uh, I remember a few years ago, I went down to Dana Harbor, Dana, is it Dana Harbor? The Dana Harbor. Point? Yeah. At, at Dana point, the Harbor Dana point. I used to love to go down there and shoot with my camera. Uh, but there's a, there's a couple big ships down there, I think. And there's a, I think they have like a once a year sailing of the big ships, don't they? Mm -hmm. Yep, and and there's just a romantic system. There's a feel. There's a textile to them that's very different than you know looking at some big steel yacht. And I'm not discounting them. I'm just saying they don't have that romanticism. You know that whole high seas old world. You know, and there's there's an interesting thing where 
people use those ships to pioneer. You're like, they, that, that was it. They didn't have motors and gasoline and shit. It was like, well, fuck it. We got to use the wind, you know? <laughs> well, like to what you're, to the point that you're saying, this ship that I sailed on, I mean, 200 years ago, it was equal. It was the most advanced technology in the world. It was what Elon mm -hmm. Musk is sending to space today. <laughs> yeah. These ships were, this is, you're going to go across the horizon to a place we've never been and maybe you'll come back. Yeah. They didn't have GPS, you know, you had some idiot with some map that you hope was right. And, and everybody's got scurvy and you're looking at things through a th thing going, I hope we figure out where the hell we're going. And, uh, and, you know, back then, I mean, when Columbus and I guess other people sailed across the ocean, I mean, they really didn't know where they're going. You're just like, I hope we find land somewhere. eh? Oh, I mean, when Columbus sailed across, I mean, there was a lot of talk. There was a, a, a lot of anger building on the ship. And he was just kind of like, we're going to get there. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. And there was talk about mutiny and a lot of sort of fending every that revolt off. And he really was just saying, no, no, no it's, it's right around the corner. I promise. But he had no idea. Yeah. So tease out of some of the ups and downs. The, it's built as a as a unforgettable journey of gripping story of fans who adore O'Brien's novels and the dramatic film adaptation of master and commander, you go through a lot of ups and downs. You tell the stories about the book. This is no, this is no, uh, this is no simple ride across the water. So you, you it, go through some shit. It's no pleasure cruise. I mean, try and think <laughs> of, I think the best way to look at this is imagine a modern princess bride set mm. on a giant pirate ship. That's 180 feet long. And you've got 30 men and women living on the ship together which really sets the scenario up. And when I say living together, everyone's living together, sleeping in the same space, getting dressed together. So decency was expected and um, there's courtesy, but it's the way the ship always works. So you've got this, uh, we're all colleagues, but we're also cooking each other dinner or um, washing dishes or cleaning our bathrooms. And that just set up a great opportunity for us to bond in different ways that maybe most colleagues don't get to bond. Plus, you have to get along because if you don't like somebody, you can't leave. You can't just be like, oh, I'm going to leave and go walk across the water. Jesus tried that with the apostles. <laughs> Most people know that story in the Bible. He's actually trying to get away from those dudes because they, they're always bugging him and, you know, uh, humping his leg. And he's like, why don't you guys leave me alone for a second? I'm going to walk on the water. But no, I mean, there's it's kind of a community in of itself, isn't it? Yeah, it becomes a community, and as much as you could try and discourage romantic relationships, that's going to happen. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, as as you kind of bring up, we go through some intense experiences. We sail through a hurricane-strength storm where the ship is really teetering on the edge of, of sinking, and I, I found out later on that a lot of the senior sailors on the ship really kind of made peace with God, but I was – really. I was 21 and too naive to, to realize I, I enjoyed the, all the big waves and um, had a good time. <laughs> the uh, did, you, did you meet any sea monsters like I used to dream about in the day when I used to read like Moby Dick and what was it? Who's the one sea monster? Cthulhu or? Oh, we, I got a good sea monster story. Oh, we yeah. are sailing up the coast of Mexico at night and we're up in the rig. Okay. Cause on a ship like this, you have to climb up to set the sails and trim them and look down at the water and there's this giant light tube rushing through zigzagging around the ship. Wow. And what it was, was it was whales swimming through dinoflagellates with bioluminescence, the sort of algae that lights up. And oh yeah. That's when we saw these tubes lighting up at night. So is that the stuff they have out at Catalina? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. A certain time of year, yeah. Yeah, and actually, I, I think it was three years ago in Newport Beach. Here, there was someone had some great footage on YouTube where you could see these tubes of light and water. I always want to go out to Catalina Island. I love, I love Catalina Island. It's it. There's, I get the weirdest deja vu out there, and uh, I feel so at home on that island more than any place on the planet. And uh, it, I've always wanted to go out there and see that. And somehow I need to put that back on the schedule. So how many months do you run this uh, this course of, of, of taking this boat? So the thing about taking the ship was it was a really fast, aggressive journey. We First off, when you're sailing a boat, you spend a lot of time preparing it. It's this working machine. You've got to get it in tip-top shape. So we spent two months everyone working to get the ship ready and then the actual being underway was 36 days to go 6,000 miles wow yeah so we start in newport rhode island go down to puerto rico panama then transit the panama canal and then continue north on the western seaboard till we reach san diego yeah this is a different kind of job it's not it's not like my job where i'm indoors and i never see sunlight and uh you have to take lots of vitamin d you know you're out in the elements the spray the salt the sun the weather absolutely i mean it's i was in love with yachts being a yachty i mean i was excited to wear khakis and polo shirts and being on a ship like this it's different everyone's got you have to wear a big knife and you're covered in tar so it's dirty yeah and you've it's not like a yacht where you've got autopilot and everyone's eating ceviche for dinner and having a glass of wine <laughs> and there's probably a lot of smell too between sea salt uh, and old it, wood and 30, 30 people and no showers uh, gets pretty stinky. Wait, they didn't have showers? We had, you weren't supposed to shower while underway. Wow. Because there wasn't enough water for everyone to take a shower. Oh, yeah. You don't want to get scurvy. Everyone's got to have water no. to drink, too. Yeah. <laughs> I read about that scurvy a few times. But, uh, uh, you know, I read the Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner, too, uh, which is a great poem. Um, but, uh no, uh, and Iron Maiden song as well. Uh, <laughs> Great me, song. But, yeah, Great uh, that's, song. What, that's what got me to read it. I was like, wait, this is sound like a poem somewhere. I dug it up. But, uh, it, it, you know, the story of the sea and the adventure and the high seas, and the, I, think, I think the risk of it is some of the thrill, is it? I, I couldn't agree more. There is that absolute risk where you're out there because you've got to depend on yourself and also those people that you're not getting along with that are part of your crew members. And in those tense moments, I, I do have to say when we, when we're, when we're bored and we've got all the time in the world, it's really easy to nitpick. But when it really came down to those tense moments, differences were put aside and it was amazing to see how people will step up. And I didn't care about the people I didn't like. I just knew that I could count on them. And that was, I think you, you got to kind of be in sort of one of those dangerous situations. To I'd have to, yeah, I'd have to learn to get along. I'd be the guy that end up, uh, they'd have a mutiny on me and make me walk the plank or tie me to the mast. That would be me. I'd be like, he's an asshole. Just, just, just send him overboard i don't know i, I think you, you do that anymore it. is that still legal keel hauling sending people over no it's uh no unfortunately it's not but it is still damn. a hierarchy up there damn it note to self maybe i won't get into sailing uh i don't know it'd be i always i always we used to do that with our with the pools in california when we were kids we play pirates and then we walk the plank we pretend <laughs> like the pool uh diving board was the plank you know We'd walk the plank. It's just all the stuff you do when you're kids. Uh, but no, there's a romanticism too. And it sounds like you guys go through a lot of adventures. You document it. It's almost something that could probably be a movie. 
You know, I think that, that would be fantastic. I think uh, this would be a hysterical movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we do. We go through all the danger, but then what's neat about this story too is it doesn't play t- take place 200 years ago. It takes place today, so I think it makes it very relatable. That was the fun thing about the book. I, when I first saw the cover and they pitched it to me, I was like, "Oh, this is a uh, you know some old ship pirate story, uh, you know, a thing." And then you realize that it's in modern day adventures. You do this, you do this thing, and you you get the boat to where it's at. And um, it, now, was this boat that you were running? Was this a boat that was built to be a replica of the old boats, or was it an older boat that had Well, so that's that's funny thing. The story of the ship in itself is pretty hysterical. She was mm-hmm. built in 1969 to for the American bicentennial celebration. But what's funny about it is, is that in order to get the financing to build the ship, the bank wanted to make sure that you know it was a safe investment. So they built the ship so long that she could be a restaurant at the dock. Oh. So in a sense, you could kind of say we kind of pulled a bit of a John Candy mm. and sailed a restaurant to California. <laughs> I mean, that'd be fine with me. I like food. I, I, I think everyone can see that in the camera. Um, <laughs> so you go through this whole thing. Do, do you have to... Did you cut through the uh, Panama? Uh, we did, canal? yeah. We went through the Panama Canal. On the way to the Panama Canal, we had a big uh, explosion in our rig, and that we experienced what's called the dismassing, where the mass went over. And it's uh, what's neat too is I've got I'm doing this tour to complement the book because we had three of us had camcorders on board, so I've got all this footage of the storm and then the mass oh, really? breaking. And yeah, it was a. Um, Mass breaking are not good things. I watch those competitive, uh, those sailors that do the competitive stuff nowadays. The billionaires all on the boats, you know. I forget. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I don't know what it is, but I see it all the time. And I see those things go over the mass break off and shit. And I'm just like, yeah, that's not going to work out. No, and then it happens. See, in the middle of the ocean, you're kind of sure. going, all right. Well, we got to figure it out. There's no one that's going to yeah. help. So There's no billionaires in sight. <laughs> Elon Musk is over well, know, not, trying to get it, to the fucking Mars. It's not even like the highway. You can't can't pull the boat over for the night and take a break and take a nap it just yeah. keeps going yeah and in I, I don't know i guess nowadays there's good maritime communications where you can call for help if you need to like gps phones or something i don't know yeah there is there's a lot of resources out there but um still you should plan to be self-sufficient yeah but i mean and that maybe that's what the real character building of this is we talked before the show in the green room about uh, taking life less traveled and and uh, talk to me a little about that how you feel about you know trying to maybe set an example or set an influence to people that maybe they should consider other options in their life. Well, so I didn't go to college. I did an apprenticeship, and I got a lot of flack from my from the kids I was going to school with in high school. They were all convinced and heckling me, telling me I was making the biggest mistake of my life and getting an absolute failure. <laughs> and but I didn't. I'm doing great. I mean, I just came out with this book and, and my life, you know, I've got a great career. Most of my work is actually in architecture these days on land. But um, my wife's a pediatrician and she had to do the opposite of me. She had to do more school than anyone else. And I hope that I wrote, I've got a seven year old daughter. And I'm hoping that when she's a teenager, she's going to read a story like this and feel good about following her passion. I think. Mm-hmm. I think uh, continued education is imperative. Like we should all keep learning, but there's a lot of different ways we can find happiness and success. Oh, most definitely. We had a major shipbuilder on the show one time. He builds all the expensive yachts. 
I can't remember who his name was. It was several years ago. We had him on the show and just uh, talking about some of the yachts. And you see some of the way these new things are built and the craziness that goes into them. But they're beautiful. They're extraordinary. But I think I think still when it comes down to it, it's just that feeling of being near the seas and oceans. Uh, you know, I've talked about this before on the show. I'm I, I'm an atheist. I'm a big believer. We did walk out of the primordial soup of the ocean or water, whatever you want to call it. And I feel an affinity for the sea when I go down there. I think most of us do. I think that's why we're all enthralled. That's why we all want to live by the ocean. We or, or water. You know, what the most highest real estate will always be closest to the water. And I think we. feel have an affinity for uh, our mother. Uh, that's my opinion. Uh, and so I, I think that's why we, it, it, there's, there's a romanticism to it that we keep coming back to it. Like I, I used to have all the world, uh, anytime I go over one by all the problems in the, in the world, I would go down to the beach in California and, and sit on the waters. And within a very short time, I'd realized that all my matters didn't mean shit. <laughs> like, like I'm just like, Compared to you know these waves that have been lapping on the ocean for eon, or on the on the land for eons of time, these tiny grains of sand. My my problems are one of these little tiny grains of sand. Just pick it up and just look at it and go, yeah, that's all my little life problems right here compared to eternity, <laughs> the universe. And uh, but there's there's something about it, and 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 I think what you're talking, what you mentioned, the char- the character of it being self uh, dependent, being self reliable, being self accountable. And all that is really the, probably one of the empowering factors that, that make people feel fulfilled, I think. I, I couldn't agree more. I think that, um, yeah, I mean, going back to where I talked about the passenger thing before, you get onto a ship like this and you get to imagine what it was like to be that explorer 200 years ago. And you're the one who's – you're the piston that's making the machine work. And there's a great sense of accomplishment that comes from doing this. And I, I don't know. I feel when I look around today, a lot of people are staring at their phones or yeah. not actively participating. Okay. Um, but and you got to see the world too. I mean, you traveled to some, you got to see cultures and different, yeah. and different lives. Yeah. I mean, and- I went from being a miserably poor apprentice <laughs> with no money where, wait a minute, if I got on a boat, I didn't need rent. I had yeah. no bills. They paid all the food. Yeah. So uh, all I needed to do was just make sure I used my tip money for the bar tab yeah. and I was golden, but I got to Europe. I lived in the Caribbean, Central America. I mean, it was awesome. Yeah. And chicks love sailors. I think, don't they? Oh yes, they do. Yes, they do. It's kind of like a Peter Pan syndrome thing. You know Note to self, I'm quitting my job as a podcast host and going sailing. <laughs> I mean, even my wife said to me, we met on match.com and the reason why she uh, messaged me was that my profile picture was me on a sailboat and she thought, well, even if he's a jerk, I mean, at least I'll get a ride on a boat. (laughs) (laughs) How'd that work out? (laughs) Uh, Honestly, I told her at the end of the first date that she was the one and wow. uh, Yeah. There you go. Did she get a ride on a boat ever? Probably. She did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The first date, first date was a ride on the boat uh, with a bottle of champagne mm-hmm. and uh, it worked. <laughs> my my first seven wives uh, that, I, that divorced me, uh, told me I took them for a ride on a boat, but it was more of a, on a boat sort of thing. Anyway, that's a joke. People I don't have seven wives. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not that crazy. Uh, but uh, no, this is, this is good. I think I'm going to, if I ever had teenagers, I would just send them boating for their teens. Like, I think that that sounds like a, I think that sounds awesome. I am a little terrified though for my daughter because um 
I do want her to do this, but then I don't. The thing is, she loves it when it's really stormy out. So we've got a sailboat really? here in LA and we sail out to Catalina, mm. which, you know, you mean we're talking about Catalina. It's, as you know, it's great sail out. Now, unless it's really, there's big waves and lots of wind, she complains the whole time. It's the opposite. Everybody else wants calm seas. She wants wow. big ones. Wow. Well, I mean, uh, you know, there you go. Uh, Catalina is so beautiful. I used to love to go out on Catalina and sitting on the beach, I would go out at three. I'm a night person. So I would go out at 3 a.m., 2 a.m. and sit on the beach. There'd be no one out there, none of the damn tourists. And just seeing the lights of Avalon and, and the whole bay and just hearing the waves, it, it's just incredible. Um, the feeling that's out there. And I, I love, I don't know why I love I love uh, Avalon so much and and uh, the Catalina. It's weird. I I used to go there like for weekend jaunts all the time just to go there and just wander. But it's such a beautiful island. I got something fun for you. Every year I sail out with a bunch of guy friends and it gets bigger and bigger. And this year we're actually going to like turn it into a formal event where it's going to be a race to Catalina. We do it in October mm. the first weekend. And there's a disc golf course at the Isthmus. You know what that is? Disc golf. It's like frisbee golf. Oh, that new thing, yeah. Yeah, so we're going to race out on the sailboats, and we're calling it the Lobster Cup because it's opening of Lobster Weekend. So everyone's going to go dive for lobsters, love a bonfire, play disc golf, drink a lot of beer, and have fun. That sounds like a riot, man. That sounds like a riot. Yeah, sailing is so beautiful, and you know, not having the motors. I mean, I love, I love the motors. I see those, you know, those cigarette boats and those speed boats they have in Florida and shit. And yeah, that looks like fun. Uh, and speed is fun, but there's something about not having the motor on and just feeling the wave and the wind. It's kind of like that moment that I feel when the plane first leaves the ground and you feel it, the wings catch the wind and it becomes airborne. I love that moment in flight where, where you leave the ground and you can feel the, the, the air moving beneath you and the, and the wings catch the air and the magic of flight takes into place and uh we had one of the <clears throat> the boat i the boat sailboat i got was an old thunderbird from the puget sound and it was designed a plane you know like an 1800 pound fucking lead keel i think it was wow. but it would plane because it was a flat bottom boat and so it was designed that if it hit a speed it would lift yeah that was the funnest shit in the world man that feeling when it would plane Oh that feels God. so good and the yeah. rudder everything's a little vibrating and buzzing uh, yeah. yeah it was it was crazy 1800 pound lead keel i think it was uh, just insane uh but yeah just a beautiful boat and and uh one day somebody left the head open and sunk it in the bay oh no that's terrible yeah it's a little evidently it's a little hard to get an 1800 pound lead keel out of uh mud so <laughs> there's that but uh you know it was fun while it lasted Anyway, any anything more you want to tease out on the book before we go, Will? Oh, well, you know, I think um, <clears throat> one of my favorite things about being a sailor is you've got this great camaraderie, and uh, that's where a sense of humor and shenanigans come in. Yeah. And I think uh, what makes this book a lot of fun, too, is I was able to reach out to a bunch of my shipmates and get to catch up with everyone and telling the jokes. And you're going to find in this book there's some great bar fights, which I mean, <laughs> sailors, right? Bar fights. There you go. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, just some, uh, we even almost had a run in with pirates. And the silliness of where you're talking about, you know, how fun it is, the romanticism is, yeah, I get to sail on a ship with cannons. And we all talked about arming our cannons with screws and nails to defend ourselves from pirates. But I've never since sailed on a boat with cannons that cracked me up. Yeah. 
I, that'd be wild. I'd be, I'd be screwing with that. I'd be like, how do we do, how does this work now? Um, but no, I mean, you see the modern day pirates now, you know, I, I, I sometimes like watching the boat videos where they're, God, they, they, they have to barb wire the boats now and, and, uh, everything from some of those pirates over there. It got out of hand there for a while. I think mm-hmm. in the 2000 or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And so over in Somalia and it was, it was interesting to watch. And these little guys are in these shitty ass boats trying to, take on a big boat and uh, it was kind of crazy sometimes but yeah i i think there's this romanticism a story about the high seas <clears throat> you know what you've talked about too is a little bit about team building because you're building a community but you're also building a team that has to uh, be cohesive and and be able to you know uh be you know have have, have skills and to accomplish tasks and you know maybe what you haven't you should do if you haven't thought of this you've probably thought of it already is you should have you know how these people do these corporate retreats where they try and learn trust building and you know mm-hmm. people you know uh what is that thing where they fall into each other and stuff and catch each other or whatever you know all those sort of little trust things sometimes they just go smoke a bunch of hibisca or whatever ayahuasca or whatever in a cut and uh maybe you should build a thing where if you want to team build people have a corporate retreat on you know one of these old boats well, you know, a lot of these boats do that. There's uh when I was uh, first getting paid to sail, it was in Newport and there's the old America's cup, 12 meter fleet, the, all these America's cup boats. And they all have these amazing corporate programs where you can go there and they charter the fleet out and you have all these sort of corporations where everyone's on board racing the boat together and you're having fun, you're drinking beer and you're really racing. And then you have a big lobster bake afterwards. There you go. The only downside is that one employee that everyone hates, <laughs> we'd probably make him walk the plank. <laughs> he maybe maybe he fell off <laughs> yeah i mean that's a great thing about international waters <laughs> Seen that movie. all right well uh thank you very much will for coming on the show uh give us your dot coms one more time so oh yeah it's uh it's willsoffrin.com w-i-l-l-s-o-f-r-i-n.com there you go uh will thank you very much for coming on the show this has been fun and delightful Hey, thanks for having me, Chris. And uh, I do hope I see you out in Catalina this fall. I need to put that on my thing. You have resurrected something I've forgotten through all the crazy stuff I do. I need to go back to Catalina. I do want to go see that season with the, is it the fly fishing? Is it the fly yeah. fish, the, the fish that will actually fly and, and the the water uh, that goes underneath. I've been, I've taken the submarine there on Catalina Island and seen, you know, all the undergrowth and it's so beautiful and so untainted. Hopefully it still is. I don't know. It is still drop dead gorgeous out there. Good. I mean, it, it's <laughs> to go from nasty ass Long Beach Harbor to uh, to there. And, I, you know, I the boat experience is kind of fun, but I don't have a lot of fun the way I used to go on the bus boat. Uh, that isn't quite as fun as what you're doing with going with a small boat. Uh, I eventually gave it the bus boat and plus time. Um, and I used to do the helicopter back and forth. Oh, that is a fucking fun ride. In fact, I got a few cool stories about that. Um, but we used to do the, the helicopters to go back and forth. I think back in the day, they go like every 10 minutes to 15 minutes. I think it was, or maybe it was 10 minutes to fly. I think it was every half an hour. Uh, they do the flying and being able to fly. I recommend this because being able to fly into Catalina Island and see everything from that view, is really epic. I mean, I'm not. I'm not discounting the boat thing. And no, no, no. It's another perspective. Yeah. I love yeah. that. And then being able to fly over the Queen Mary 
is is a total boner and uh the the they have two stops they'll do they'll stop at the queen the base of the queen mary or the butt of the queen mary whatever you want to call it um clearly i'm not a maritime specialist uh is it the is it the aft of the queen stern. Mary? Stern? stern stern of the queen mary okay. yeah. which is the aft is that it's stern is aft okay all right and, and the bar at the Queen Mary is so beautiful, and and I'll, again, I photographed the shit out of it. I photographed most a lot of the Queen Mary actually. Um, and, sounds like uh, a, it sounds like you're talking about a real person. Uh, well, I could be, yeah, that too. Um, <laughs> so, but the other place it lands, it lands at uh, it lands at uh, another boat on the other part of the harbor, and I forget what it's called. Two points, no, that two points is on Catalina, but anyway. So one time we're flying out of Catalina and we go to uh, the other boat area. It's, it's a military boat that's there and it's a landing spot for the other part of, of the Catalina service. And the guy goes, hey, we're going to go there first and then drop this couple off. And then we're going to go over to the uh, Queen Mary to drop you off. I'm like, okay, fuck it. You know? And so the beautiful part was I was pretty fat back then. I still am. And uh, let's be honest. And so they always make me ride in the front of the bubble <laughs> helicopter. And so you have that whole view that's just fucking epic. And they always be like, uh, yeah, with your weight, dude, we got to put you in the front. And I'm like, is there a downside? I don't want to be yeah, right. back. <laughs> can't see shit out there. And so you can see all the beautiful boats like yours that are probably going back and forth to Catalina Island. You can see just, just everything. It's such a view. Um, and so we landed. And he goes, hey, man, um, I got to pull a stunt to get this thing over the Long Beach Harbor. You know, those big hangers that pull the containers off the ship. Yeah, yeah, There's yeah, a whole yeah. roll of them. He's, we we got to get over those. And so he goes, buckle up, hold on to your, hold on to your pants. We're going to, we're going to do some chop to get over this thing. This motherfucker turns that thing into like Vietnam mash style helicopterism. I don't know, even know if that makes any sense. Yeah. <laughs> but we, he literally takes that thing and we're not more than a foot off the ground when he goes into full chop mode. And I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the front curved legs and it's almost like a mash helicopter from the mash movie. And, and I'm looking at the curved legs that are two feet above the fucking ground when we're almost at a 45 degree angle. And he is jacking this shit because we have to get a lot of up chop to be able to clear these things to go over to the Queen Mary. And it was, it was frightening and it was exhilarating. It was like, it was like a drug that I've, I've rarely felt ever. And uh, we made that chop and I'm sitting there going, we're not going to make those fucking things. We're going to crash into those things. But the way he lifted off, it was, it was, it was just like mash Vietnam style, man. It was some crazy shit that he was doing with that helicopter. And, and we rode over. And then the beautiful part was we got to go. What I normally don't get is over the top from the front of the queen Mary and back. And just being able to see the whole beauty of it, the old dome that used to house Howard Hughes's uh, boat, or well, it was a boat plane. Um, I forget what that was called, but it was so beautiful to see. So I highly recommend people go on that journey with you uh, to Catalina. It's just, it's so wonderful. Everything is so beautiful out there, except for Long Beach Harbor. Fuck that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Nasty. Nasty. Well, now you're making me want to do that helicopter ride for sure. Oh, you should, man. You should. It's It's fun to do. The boat's great. But if you ever just want to go out, and I think it's like a 10 minute ride as opposed to the two hour ride on the big boat, the bus boat, um, the bus boats, you know, it's like riding a bus on the water. I don't, it's nice. I don't, 
They got this crazy new high speed one that looks like oh, do they like a, like a cigarette, but like everyone puts on like roller coaster. Are you serious? Yeah, I'm dead serious. And they get that thing going like 50 miles an hour on the water or something. It's insane. It looks, yeah. like, but yeah. it's got to be fun to have like a sailboat in the Catalina Harbor where you're sleeping on the water, right? Oh man, it, it was our pandemic hotel. We oh really just, you did yeah, that that was the whole thing we would just take take a break i bought the boat with two partners and we just took turns taking our families out to take my daughter out and my wife and we'd mm -hmm. sail out and just snorkel and anchor the boat and just have a blast damn that's what i should have done during the pandemic man that would have been next fun. one right i'm always jealous of the guys in the uh in the uh who have the boats in the harbor i'm just like god that would be so much fun and then uh you know and then there's that what's that famous story about uh who's the movie star who fell overboard oh right but you know like well what happened to her and there's no evidence yeah. then we don't know yeah so i always say i should note to self take your enemies on boat rides right. in international waters <laughs> there you go anyway man it was wonderful to have you this show very fun uh will uh thanks for coming on uh there you go Thanks for having me, Chris. This has been great. And uh, <laughs> there you go. And I, I, I need to get an affiliate link for the. Uh, I need me. Whoever owns the helicopter service, you need to pay me a referral fee if he takes the flight. But it's fun to do at least once or twice. It's a ride. And to see the Queen Mary in all its glory from above is just epic i think i have photos of it it's it's epic and i think i filmed it i think it's on I a video somewhere yeah i love that ship i yeah. mean having brunch on her is just one of the highlights oh yeah it. have you done the breakfast buffet yeah yeah Jesus it's out of control Christ. it is that is like out of control i can't even do that anymore there was a time where i could and you see a lot of stars there too yeah like there, there'll be stars there but it's epic the food and then being in the there's something about that titanic era uh feel and just walking that boat i mean i've spent days on that boat photographing everything and there's probably like i don't know twenty thousand photographs i have of that boat some of it's just boring and stuff but the bar is the bar is something i always loved that big the dining room is beautiful it's just and just that romanticism of it i don't know it's yeah. it's it's the whole thing they still won't let me stand on the on the on the end of the titanic and scream i'm the king of the world <laughs> i said i was banned from that i don't know what that means it's like anyway. every cruise ship captain's nightmare there you go there you go I mean, i'm sure everybody thinks that they should do that and and it is fun with, with our sailboat when we were i don't know i don't know if you, i imagine you've done this but with our sailboat we used to hang out over the edge this is long before titanic but we used to hang out over the edge and just you would see the water crashing under you uh in the bow but you wouldn't see the bow and it was fun uh and uh you just felt like you were riding on the wind and the wave but there you oh, go what i love is that Dolphins love sailboats. Yeah. They like come up and they catch the bow wave. So what I've done a lot is you kind of get down there and you duck under that rail and you try and touch the dolphins when they're swimming mm. up at the bow and pet them. Oh, that would be awesome, man. That would be freaking awesome. Uh, so there you go. Uh, a lot of excitement and fun you're going to have. Order up the book wherever fine books are sold. Uh, all hands on deck. A modern day high seas adventure to the far side of the world by Will Sofran. Available now wherever fine books are sold. Thanks, my audience, for tuning in. Go to goodreads.com, Fortress Chris Foss, YouTube.com, Fortress Chris Foss, LinkedIn.com, Fortress Chris Foss, and all those crazy places on the internet. Thanks for tuning in. Be good to each other. Stay safe. And we'll see you guys next time. And that should have a